All right, guys, and welcome to another episode on the JSC Compete. Here we've got Stephen Fawcett and Jack Corfoy and myself, Kyle Clark. Today's topic, we're going to be going over a bit of uh, motivation and what, what keeps us going in the gym, um, especially in these times where we've just been told we've got another four weeks or so of uh, gyms not being reopened. So I'll start with uh, Jack, if you want to take it. What sort of keeps you motivated or keeping you going at this moment? Yeah, I, I just want to dive in a little bit first. Like, what kind of you two felt like when, you know, when they said, right, gyms aren't open, going to open on the 4th of July. Like, what were your immediate thoughts, Kyle? Like, what, what were you kind of, you know what I mean? Uh, like, just how bored I am. <laughs> I was just like, I was waiting to get a bit more structure even just in my day-to-day life instead of sitting yeah. around um yeah. because i feel feel with that I, then my training will pick up anyway because i'll just get back into a swing of of, of things and that but you know yeah. when you're sort of sitting around for a long period of time it's just a bit more like i was pretty deflated to say the least <laughs> yeah i think i think a lot of people kind of felt the same didn't they like yeah. straight away when you went on instagram and facebook after you could just see like all the people kind of kicking off, oh, why gyms open and everything. Yeah, Whereas, is, yeah. you know, we've just got to, we've had that little kind of 20 seconds before the training session where we get everything out. Um, and, you know, it's kind of trying to get our heads back down and, you know, get back to work. But obviously, we're going to talk about motivation and trying to keep it a little bit more today. But um, I'd like, I've definitely, you know, especially as t- the time's going on, like motivation does start to wane a little bit. Um, and it's looking, for me, it's looking at other other forms of exercise, not just like the programme, but bits around it as well that are going to kind of supplement, supplement it when I come back into the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, kind of the bike rides and stuff we see um, have kind of really helped. Um, what about you, Steve? What you like initial yeah. kind of thoughts and yeah when when the um when they announced that yesterday um it was a bit of a shock you know we've been told a few times at the beginning of july uh, july the 4th a few things have been they've been like you know rumored um i think i was more just like frustrated i mean i'm I'm sat here in, in a freaking fully kitted out home gym um so i, I can't <laughs> People are probably saying, "Well, why are you annoyed?" But I was more frustrated for everyone else on the program. So I know that I know that they've been kind of struggling. The guys that have got just you know the odd bit of equipment at home, um, and you know they've been plugging away and, and sticking with it and trying to do what, whatever they can to stay fit. And then it's just like another bit of a kicking the balls and an extra you know couple of weeks possibly. Um, yeah. I keep having to go with it. So just frustrated on that sense. Just what I, I want to get want to get. Um, Get cracking and get you know the guys together and and get some group training with the guys on the program. Um, you know, everyone always enjoys that sort of group crack. Whether we would be able to do it in the same fashion for a while, I'm not I'm not sure. But yeah, just a bit of frustration. I can kind of understand why they're doing things like open pubs and takeaways before gyms, as much as we don't want to hear it. It's just there's less chance of infection. Simple as that. There's, you go into a CrossFit gym, people are sweating like mad. The sweat flying. Well, when I train, the sweat flying everywhere. Yeah. Heavy. You know, you're touching this, that, and the other bits of equipment. You know, you can inf- disinfect everything all you like, but um, you know, there's going to yeah. be a higher risk of infection. 
Um, I would have thought they should just do it at the same time, to be honest. But um, yeah, what? Yeah, they probably will like stagger it, won't they? I guess because they'll be like, right, if you know, there's kind of less less people breathing on each other, like yeah. phlegm and everything going on everywhere in gyms. Obviously, that's higher risk. If yeah. like we see, you know, what it's like when like pubs and stuff open again. Oh, is, is it going to spike? No, it's fine. Right, we can, you know, open gins next. You can't tell me. Four, four or five days deep in, and there's going to be people cuddling. <laughs> oh, I've seen you a month. <laughs> Come here. Chill, like, you know, when the gyms reopen, there's going to have to be people going to have spaces between each other and you yeah. know, sharing. Yeah, you know, surely there's yeah. going to be rules in, in a pub where you have so yeah. many drinks as what you're allowed because everyone, <laughs> as soon as they get bladdered, you know. I, I know. Um, Hannah, obviously Hannah works in Manchester and I think there's like the council are giving special licenses people can uh, so pubs can like you know serve people and they can stand outside and drink because usually like you know they can use like the whole street and places are going to be blocked off and stuff so I think Gosh. you know <laughs> if you can if you can drink outside it is less risk isn't it and stuff um I don't think the government kind of understand that there's, there's things like CrossFit gyms and, you know, there's, there's yeah. camp-style gyms and functional fitness gyms around the world and um, mm-hmm. they can run things a bit differently to mm-hmm. your, your total fitnesses and your DWs and your big global gyms. Um, yeah, whether they should so. come to the same bracket, not sure, but um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, well, well, uh, for me... Um, Although, you know, I've got access to a gym. Um, I think, so what we're in now, we're in like end of June. For, through March, April, and towards like the majority of May, like I was, uh, you know, flying motivation. And I think in my head, I'd, I'd had that set that I wouldn't be competing through those months anyway. I had a couple of competitions lined up. So I just kind of like kept the ball rolling and kept training. And then, um, I had planned for pretty much the whole of June to be kind of like off or deload or, you know, just getting out on my bike more uh, and having that as like a an off season. Um, and I tried to just keep trading through that, I think, because I previously just like, decided that I was going to have some time off and that's what kept me going through March, April, May. Um, mm-hmm. When I tried to push through and train and I was just like, part of me was just like, nah, you know what I mean? So I've just, uh, I've, like I said, getting on my bike more, still training, still doing bits, you know, not putting the pressure on myself to have to, you know, lift big weight or, you know, get certain scores in workouts or hit certain paces, anything like that. Just training, keep myself moving. Um, and, you know, probably time it right so that when gyms do open again, I can, uh, can up it. But I think that's a big, a big point that people need to realise. So we've had a lot of people on the programme saying that they're struggling with motivation to train. Um, which is fully understandable. I mean, yeah. you know, people that are at, stuck at home with the odd piece of equipment, um, it, from what they're used to, it's, it's a lot different. Um, yeah. But I think just, I, I always found it better if I planned out kind of ahead of time, six months, nine months, 12 months ahead of time, you know, and the further away that the plan got, then the more vague it could be. But then, you know, for the next month, I would plan out my training schedule when I'd be training, when I'd be working or, you know, when I'd be doing certain things. And if I put, 
you know, put a little bit, you know, an hour or so of time into that and really planned it out. It got me excited to to want to get in, get get stuck into it. Could see like a bit bit of a, a path and where I would be doing certain sessions. So because I could see that in ahead of time, um, you know, it kept it kept me. Um, yeah, kept me focused really, and I remember I've done that. I've done that, and that's probably how I got into how, how I got myself into pr- programming so much because I used to just sit down and just like right when I do certain styles of sessions, when I do strength, when I do weightlifting, you know, when I'm be doing more uh, CrossFit style workouts, and just kind of plan my weeks um, <clears throat> and have a bit of a structure and kind of roll with that until I feel like it needed to take a change. Um, so just sitting down and making a plan. Obviously, we're we're going to do the 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 programming and and training for you, but I plan more of just like when to when to sit down and when you know, when are you going to put an hour away to do a bit of training at home, you know when are you going to put a couple hours to spend with your family or your 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 husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, um, and just kind of making a bit more putting a bit more structure in your day and your week. Um, and it does help. It just keeps you, and it doesn't necessarily give you loads of motivation. But just by having that little bit of routine and structure, you're more likely just to, to stick in and keep plodding away. Uh, and then on top of that, like we've said in, in, in numerous times before, is don't don't throw yourself with loads of expectations. So have to do two or three hours of training per day. Like set yourself an hour. If you feel like you can keep going after an hour, and you've got more stuff to do, and you feel good, energy's good, and you want to do more, then crack up, crack on and do more. But if you get to an hour, Feel a bit tired, a bit knackered, then just leave it there. You've trained. You've got an hour in the bank. You know that hour's not that hour. No one's taking that hour away from you. That's there to stay. Um, and you come back the next day and you get another hour. Um, just don't feel the need to. You know, we touched on it with the lifestyle stuff on the last podcast. Don't feel the need to copy what the professional and the, the semi-professional, the top athletes are doing. Um, if it's not something that's going to replicate. Um, you know how you how you live your life and what's going on. Thank you. Uh, I think like um, I mentioned in the newsletter last week about kind of the basics and stuff like that as well for training. Yeah. So it could be the it could be the case now. Like we've got kind of four weeks. Obviously, motivation wasn't where it was eight weeks ago or, or whatever. Like I said, Steve, you know it might just be max of an hour a day that you're kind of training. But like you say, if you're planning it out, it could be like, right, I know I need to do these squat mechanics here. And then I'm just going to do the workout off the program today because that's all, you know, I just want to get 45 minutes in or whatever. Tomorrow it could be like, right, I'm going to do the home gymnastics stuff because I've not been on a rig, you know, a rig for a while or anything like that. Um, you know, four weeks, it's not that long now, but enough time to kind of start, you know, building, building a base decent base and then again like you do the workout or you go on a bike ride or go for a run one of the you know add-on programs or additional programs it's just going to give you that bit of structure so you can be like right done done that core work just going to go out for a run now like you know the running program says it's two minutes on one minute off like easy peasy don't have to really think about it but just by saying like right i'm going to do squat mechanics workout work running. do you know what I mean it's that kind of general outline of the whole week um where you're getting that routine back and that structure that's gonna you know just make it a bit easier for, for yourself 
Yeah. Um, I think um, yeah. you know what what we've what we've struggled with in writing the programs is making sure we've got something that's going to cover um, cover everyone's situation. So you know we've got people that have got access to majority of stuff, so they can probably follow the program as usual. And then you've got people who've got a dumbbell, um, some people without a dumbbell. Um, so yeah. if you look in the program, when you look on one day, there's like sometimes there's seven sections the day because we've got the home version then we've got the weightlifting then you've got gymnastics yeah. ups in there if you've got the squat mechanics that might be in there if you've got the gymnastics at home that might be in there so it can you can look at it and go oh fucking hell if you just if you just wake up that day and look at what you're going to train today you've got eight things to do like, well i'm not i can't be asked doing all eight of them and i've not got time for that so that's what we're saying just sitting down and saying right i'm going to do this section this section monday and then with this section, this section two, and, and, and kind of just like individualizing you know, the content that we're putting in just to suit your current situation that's, that's going on. You know, it's, it's, not like, it's not like normal life right now, is it? Not, everyone's not got access to a gym with full equipment and a couple of hours or an hour or, or whatever per day. Every, everyone's in a different situation. Um, yeah. So just take what we're putting in the program and what we've got available that we're giving you. Pick the bits that that one are best suited to you to make you to help you keep improving and progressing and two potentially just what you enjoy doing um if you can have a bit of a mixture of that stuff that you enjoy and stuff that you know you need to do um and you can just concentrate and get a good quality hour at least per day um and just go and just take it day by day and just try and um you know we've said a few times previously about uh, building momentum so if you if you have a goal of just to to do five one hour sessions per week, you know start with that and just to do five one hour sessions and just complete complete them, and then you can start locking into right now I'm I'm in the routine of completing them and doing the sessions. I can start looking like pushing my performance or some expectation a little bit in those sessions. So I want to you know uh, lift at least this way, but you know at lift let's say i want to snatch at least 80 kilos on this complex um and but making sure that those you know we call them mintins but those those like weights and expectations and little goals that you're setting are you know very much achievable but you still have to kind of dial in and focus to hit them um and then just go and off the back of that just keep building that momentum and keep going keep going and keep going and before you know it a month's passed and you've got you know a really good solid month of training in um and then by that time you know gyms might open and then you're going back you're going into the gym throwing down with your mates and all, all your all your buddies at the gym and um you know you're able to you know perform on. yeah you're able to perform pretty well because you've managed to you know keep keep uh, in decent routine build up momentum uh, not kind of put loads of stress on doing that, this, that, and the other. Uh, and then because you've not done that, when you do get into the gym, you'll probably feel like you want to, like, you know, send it. Uh, but um, I think it's just important you just take each day by day and just not, not think, oh, another full four weeks at least before we go into the gym. Just focus day by day on what you can do. And then, you know, when things open up, um, 
See, they're probably are probably even in four weeks are still going to look very different. So most some people will still probably be training at home as such as well, wouldn't they? Still over that sort of time. So I mean, it is looking like gyms won't just open just like that. There'll still be certain guidelines on there. So just keeping that motivation, what we're going on about now, yeah. will obviously yeah. tear you over for like this next period of time. Yeah. Um, as as we go through. Uh, I think, obviously, if you if you're comfortable as well, meet up with some of your tra- you know friends from the gym, and do do one of the home workouts in the park with a dumbbell if you've got a yeah. dumbbell. Do you know what I mean? Like we can we can start to see other people and like use that to train together. If you know it, if that's what you really enjoy doing is training with other people. Like start to incorporate that in your weekly routine. You know, once a week or something like that. Like today's perfect, you know, it's super sunny. I'm just going to take one dumbbell, go to the park, meet, you know, two, two of my friends, keep our distance. Yeah. Like you set, set a clock though, know exactly what you're going to do when you get there. Set your clock and just yeah. go through it. Because um, otherwise you'll get there and no doubt you'll be like, oh, that's quite nice. Just have, yeah. have a plan when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I know we're looking into it like at this sort of time, um, obviously because of what's going on. But if we just dive into like motivation in the side of a competitive season, so you know we're just thinking outside a little bit. Especially you guys, how did you guys stay motivated in off season when it was like the classic format of regionals and games, etc., or the open regional games? Um, yeah, certain like things that you would do to keep yourself motivated for a season ahead, if you like. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember in 2011, I did a competition in Sweden and, um, and uh, <laughs> the, the second event um, was, it was like, it was like four minute AMRAP of shuttle runs, 10 minute shuttle runs, rest a minute, four minutes AMRAP of double unders, rest a minute. And then four minutes to hit max clean and jerk. And um, I failed 102 kilo jerk. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, there's a video going around. <laughs> failed. No, I put 105 on, failed the clean. Put 102 on, cleaned it. Went to jerk it, landed on my back. And I thought, well, it's ground to overhead. So I went to behind the net jerk it. And then... I missed that one as well then before I knew it the four minutes was over and and anyway so I left that competition just being like oh like I got uh, you know I got cut maybe the workout later because you know I'd scored zero um and I'd spent all this money to go to Sweden and compete and on the on the plane home I, I sat down and I wrote down on my notes section, section on my phone you know, all the things that I need to get um that I need to work on. And I, you know, I'd watched the competitors for the rest of the competition and seen what you know the standard was like, what people were doing, and just kind of like just gauge myself from where I am currently to where to where I want to get to, and just like right, well, I need to work on these many movements. Um, want to be able to hit this weight or you know this pace or whatever, um, and then when I, when I get back into the gym. Uh, just going to start creating a bit of a uh, a training schedule and a bit of bit of a plan 
to uh, to work towards them. So so my my motivation always then became more like performance related, like my own performance related off the back of like a results a competition and seeing like we mentioned. Um, I can't remember the last podcast when you were talking about like how do you know when you're going to be good enough? Mm. Seeing like the level of the people that were above me. And like, like comparing myself a little bit to them, like grasping where I am and then making a plan to get there um, rather than just always focusing on the other people. And I wasn't I'm not always comparing like where they are, but like they're, they're where I want to be. So for me to get there, I need to be able to do what they're doing at least um, and then more. So then just creating a plan and performance goals. So just being like, right. Um, if my let's say my front squat was 100 kilos, then I, I want to get to 110 kilos. So I get to 110 kilos, I'm more likely to be able to clean 105, and then I'm probably more likely to jerk it. Um, you know, and just just like little goals like that, not stuff like I want to be able to clean and jerk 150, like a 50 kilo PB, obviously a lifetime that might be a lifetime goal, but you know, just shorter, more um, more shorter term or medium term achievable goals um that are just kind of help me you know keep ticking along the way and, and keep 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 me getting my head down in training and just working towards them and if the goals aren't too far away and you feel like you're getting closer to them um you know you, you're more you're more likely to keep pushing to them um rather than you know saying that just being Saying like, right, I want to clean and jerk. Let's so clean and jerk one or two. Then I want to clean and jerk one fifty. Right, forty-seven and a half kilos. How, how hard is it? It's like forty-seven and a half kilos. Once you clean and jerk, it's going to feel like a lifetime. And it was actually five years, and it took me five years to get to one hundred and fifty. You know, got there eventually. But imagine me, imagine me setting a goal in two thousand eleven that I want to clean and jerk one fifty as the next goal. Like, I'd have just sacked it off because I would have failed one ten numerous times, one fifteen. And I just be like, fuck this, I'm never getting anywhere near 150. But it just it was always like a two and a half kilo increment, you know, a five kilo increment of goal that I would set. Uh, and just doing that same thing for everything. So like your rowing paces, you know, scores on a seven minute burpee AMRAP, that was a big benchmark back then um, for burpees. Um, you know, how many muscle, muscle ups can I do unbroken? And, you know, adding one rep or two reps to my max set and just kind of like bite-sized little goals that are just, you know, built up along the way. Um, they're going to add to what, what they did add to me is to get into, well, I got to 163 clean and jerk from, from seven years, six years later from failing 102 in a competition, you know, I added 60 kilos. But, and it wasn't like it was never my goal to get to 163. I just wanted to always clean and jerk more than I could. Uh, and just by doing that in small little increments, um, just helped me keep progressing. And and to be honest, when it was when it was the Open Regionals Games, you had that big from well, I always finished at Regionals for me for the majority of the time. It was when it, from Regionals to the next Open, it was a long time. It was like end of May. We'd come round to the end of February is when we'd be open again. So it was a long time. Um, but and and a lot of athletes now they need something that's like two or three months away so they keep them focused but to me I saw that as, a, as even I could improve even more in seven months I could improve way more than if I was to compete in two or three months time um, 
and I just kept myself kind of in line and, and focused by those small kind of incremental incremental goals. Um, Almost goals within goals, isn't it? Like, like you said, like what I was saying about weekly goals as in like set yourself weekly goals instead yeah. of like what your outcome wants to be in six months' time. We're like, okay, that's cool. But how are we going to get there? Let's do it yeah. weekly to get us and keep us on track. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, for, for those years, it was very much performance-based. And now if I think about it, it's more just consistency-based because I've got a lot more going on in my life now. And for me to keep in good shape and, you know, perform well, I just need to be consistent. Um, so they're doing, how can I, how can I do things that are going to keep me training, getting like a certain amount in each day? Uh, that's what's going to help me progress now rather than just kind of chasing like, right, I want to try and, I'm going to try and chase Jack to his 220 kilo back squat, which is on the brink of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the moment, you know, there's no chance. Um, so I would just be like, right, well, I'll just get two back squat sessions in this week and not really focus on hitting huge numbers, just getting them in. And know that there'll be a time comes around again where I can start focusing on performance. So it's just like it's reflecting on, on your current situation and your life and where you're where you're at and where you want to be, and setting goals that are relevant to um, relevant to them. Um, yeah, I think I think the other key thing is you know everything that you just said, Steve, is that it's all it's all intrinsic. It's like you want to do better and like and to see where you can get yeah. you're not you're not doing it for the gram or yeah. you know what i mean to look good for somebody else or anything like that you're doing it to see how far like how you do it see how far you could get yeah. how far you can push yourself because when like for all crossfitters you know when when we do a really hard workout or you know if we pb whatever or if we've done a hard squat session it it gives us like a deep, you know, sense of satisfaction and it motivates you more. Yeah. Like people see CrossFit as a, as a bit weird because they're like, you know, why, they always end up on the floor after the workout. But, you know, we always feel like pretty, like good after you feel like, oh, you know, I've just done, I've done really good there. I've tried really hard. Yeah. Like it does give you that more motivation. Yeah. And it's kind of that, that self, that self kind of discipline that you give yourself, like your routine, that little plan, uh, those little goals, that's where like, you know, that self-improvement comes and you just kind of, you keep getting that little bit better, that little bit better. Um, and again, that's where that motivation kind of, you know, it comes back in and it just, it's just a little, little circle and you just, you know, keep going around it. Um, I, um, I, I remember, I remember actually, something that I've, I've always done um it's like always refle- reflection on, on, on a training session that you've done and in, in my mind i've never really written it down sometimes i've written the other thing down but you know like let's just take like a 30 minute email for example like after after that you know i'd sit and go right let's say it was you know a, a standard one on an hours is a 15 or 12 cal row um 60 double unders 12 burpee box jumps uh 30 minutes it's like that's 120 burpee box jumps, 150 cal row, and 600 double unders done. All right, and, and just by, by, by me then reflecting and looking, it's like, oh, right, I did all of those sets of 60 double unders unbroken, or, you know, I did at least eight of them sets unbroken. Um, you know, all the burpees were done in 35 to 40 seconds. 
uh, and I was pulling 1500 cows on a rower like, and then by just reflecting and being like right I've got all that done there was that, that intensity at that pace like I've done that now it's in the bank and no it's it's not not leaving me unless I stop training for a few weeks um so like it's there it's set and then I'd go on to a weightlifting session at, and I remember actually when I started doing some uh of, of weightlifting one-on-ones training camps after the one of the sessions I sat down and worked out how many forms of snatch I did in that snatch session and it was like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds like four or five hundred snatches um you know a lot of them were an empty bar or 40 kilos um but it's just by reflecting and knowing like right just on 500 snatches in that session you know I've just done 100 snatches at you know a certain weight and by by looking back it kind of gives you that spurs like i've just done that I've, I've accomplished that and it gives you that bit of motivation to to keep that going a little bit a bit like last night and, and you know over this last week of going doing some cycling look back and I'm, I'm fairly addicted to strava right now because it just gives you all of that like you don't have to work anything out it gives you average speed average watts heart rate where it's going up and down like how long it took to do each segment and it's just like by looking back I look at that data and it gives me a buzz to like build on from that and you know and keep going and, and try and beat little bits I've done or you know yeah. um, and I think it's just the same it obviously a lot of the data isn't kind of can't just be like flipped up on your phone straight away from what you've just done in your session you know you get your heart rate data and stuff like that but you might have to work out reps and you know distances and that that you've done but just spending 10 minutes after a session just to reflect with how you've done give yourself a pat on the back for stuff that you feel like you did well and maybe just identify some areas that next time when, when a similar session comes across um and do a little bit better on this or that um, yeah so shouts kind of shouts chris wills and tricky ricky for this but i've recently got it's called the six minute diary and you spend three minutes in the morning you write kind of three things that like you're gonna do the day, that day um something like something else i can't remember off the top of my head um <laughs> and in the evening you re- give yourself you know three things that you kind of reflect on and like what went well and then three things that you can kind of improve on and it literally it's three minutes in the morning three minutes in the evening and it's six minutes six minutes of your day is nothing it doesn't actually take that long to do it's like it do you know what i mean and i've actually found that it does actually make you feel a bit more positive and you're like right i'm actually going to do this today mm. or right, i've re- reflected on today you know this didn't go so well or you know that did go well and it it is actually really good for you know the six minutes that you do spend up doing it um and it's just the, the moment for like mindset, especially if you're struggling with motivation, just that little bit of positivity again. It's just, yeah, it's good to build really on big it. for me. I know, yeah. Uh, when, when, I, when I go through stages where, you know, if I've got a lot on and, you know, I'm trying to like keep everything in my head, like I've got to do, I've got to write these programs or, you know, I've got to do reply to these emails or I've got to sort this with the house and, and I just think all these things in my head I've got to do. And then it, you get a bit kind of like overwhelmed and then a bit kind of run down because you're trying to like remember all these things. Uh, and a bit similar to Jack there is, you know, Fran always tells me to do it. I can always forget to do it. But 
when you get into that point where you feel like there's so much to do and you know you're just feeling overwhelmed and you just write it down and you write down the most important things that you need to do the next day whether it's three of them five of them write, write them down and then when it comes to the next day you can crack on you do those five jobs and then once you've done those five jobs you can be like right what's the most important five things i need to do for tomorrow and then you can just you start working through it and before you know it because you've written them down, a lot of that is just dumped out, out of your brain. You're not going around and around in circles. Um, and before you know it, you're, you know, you're on track. You've done all the jobs that you need to do and you feel like you had a thousand million things to do. You actually only had seven or eight, but just because they were going around in your head a hundred times each, at like a thousand, um, yeah. and, and, you, and you get them done. And then you, do. you, feel, happy, you feel happy yourself then. And that's, that's, that's motivation. Because when you get to the point where fucking flies pissing me off, you get to the point where um, <laughs> I thought he was just doing that. It was. It kept fucking hitting me. Uh, you get to the point where the flows, you feel as loads going on, and it drains you, and you just you just like, oh, I can't be fast. Um, well, that's why I, I get sometimes anyway, and by just sitting down, whether it's training stuff in your training or stuff in your life, sit down, you then ticked off, um, you know you do become happier because you feel like you're yeah. more in control of what you're doing and you can see kind of, um, you know, see where you're going in, in your week's work or your week's training. Yeah. Like you say, like, say, say we got everyone to write, write two things, you know, day to day that you're going to do for today, like with work or whatever, write two things for training. That's four things. Like if you get them four things done, you're going to feel way better than, yeah. You know, like you say, if it's just going around in your head and when you do write stuff down as well and you get it done, you tend to get it done a lot quicker and then you've got all this other free time as well and you're like, oh, I've actually got another 20 minutes for training today as well. And you're like, oh, this is class. You know, you feel, you do feel way better. It's good. It's just giving, um, like I say, it's giving, giving more routine, giving more organisation today. I've yeah. actually gone now, what day is it? It's 23rd? 24th today. Yeah. So, probably a month without Instagram on my phone. Um, I go on it now and again to check on the computer, you know, checking any messages or notifications, but I found myself just not not scrolling, um, you know, just endless hours of just like scrolling and you know, looking at this, that, and the other that really doesn't help your life. Um, if anything, just hinders. And I, I've found, again, just found myself using that time to do stuff that I need to do, whether it's work, training, you know, be with the family. Um, so I just, again, just be, be aware of the time, the time that you're on social media. I'm not saying social media is bad. There's a lot of good things for it. But do you just find yourself just sat there wasting an hour of your life just scrolling when you could be doing something that's like I said, you could be filling in a six minute diary in that time, you know, you could be prepping a little bit of decent food, you know, with something in there that's going to make you feel better, um, rather than um, just whipping something up quick. Um, you know, just, just be aware of the little, the draining exercise and the draining things, and social media is one of them um, that you're doing that can just kind of get you feeling stuck in a, stuck in a bit of a rut. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, definitely. 
I've, uh, I've always sort of took that approach with what you guys said. I've, I've done it for quite a few years of writing things down. Um, which I've always found that helps. Every day I've always got a plan um, with, with, with work that we're doing, etc. Um, so, yeah, it was, the feeling of a comp actually doing them tasks is almost a bit, is like, uh, it spurs you on to do more, if you like. Yeah. And keep going. Uh, does does I remember actually um my dad used to when I was a kid my dad used to do it. Um, used to always write everything down. I mean, used to take the mick out of him, so like, why you just remember it? Why do you have to write why do you have to write it down to make yourself breakfast in the morning? <laughs> yeah. Remember to have breakfast in the morning, but I think it's just him getting structure in his day, you know, um, to to make sure he does this, that and the other. And you know, we're probably all getting older and we more things on our hands and um Got to a point where we probably have to start writing down. Because <laughs> when, <laughs> when you're 10, you don't give a fuck, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Everything goes when you're younger. Yeah. Don't need a plan. Um, well, um, I know we're sort of keeping it into that topic of um, sort of where we are now, current situations, but I've even got uh, just written out a question that what. Especially you guys that have done the competing in that. When you've had injuries um, or, or slight niggles, has, how have you kept that motivation to train when you feel like it's such a setback? Because um, I know there's, there's a lot of people out there that get niggles and it's, it, it comes out sort of to think, oh, God, or another one. Or, and you, you sort of think, well, I can't do that. And that focus sort of goes. So I'm just wondering, like, what, what did you guys sort of do in them situations? See, uh, do you want to go first? Because your shoulder one's probably the yeah. It was a biggie that, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, I think um, I'm really. I, I feel like I just repeat myself, but I think yeah. first of all, you got to accept your injury. Like you've got to accept that it, it is a thing. You've got this injury, and you've got to accept what you can't do. And as soon as you've accepted what you can't currently do, you can start focusing on what you can do. Um, and just you know, working with what you can do, it and and like I said, like I said, I repeat myself, but just setting little goals that are achievable that you, that you can do with, with that you can do with exercises that you also can do, um, like and just setting, just 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 focusing on them them then, and then as you progress as you progress and and you rehabbing and you're doing your exercises, whatever your injury is. Um, you know, a goal is like for me. A goal was to be able to do a press up when I have a shoulder surgery. Is to be able to do a press up, um, and it started off me on the wall and doing press ups on the wall. Like this was like two weeks after surgery, but you know, there's barely any. If you ever try doing a press up just standing against the wall, there's barely any resistance because obviously you stood up, but um, and you're basically just moving your arms like this. There's no there's nothing going through your shoulders, so to speak. Um, and then progress and just progress that down the wall and, you know, doing different positions with my hands to make sure the shoulder got strong in every position. Um, and I remember two weeks after surgery, I did a press up, a full press up on my feet, no pain. Um, and that was like, that was like a big thing for me. It's like two weeks post-surgery, I can do press ups or I could do a press up, couldn't do many of them, could do one. And it's just like then building on from that, 
um, you know, what can I do? What can I do next? This this kind of range back here and coming across was quite hard for me. Um, so it was just like, right, can I reach out to, you know, snatch position and come back with a press? Like just doing that was was painful. And I couldn't quite do it for a long time. Um, so just starting like getting exercises that are goals that, are, you know, it wasn't. I want to get back to snatching with an empty bar. It was I want to put I want to be able to put my hand there with no, you know, weight in the hand and just like those small again, just the small incremental goals. Um, but I think the main the main thing is just accepting. You can't do things. There's going to be things you can't do for a long time, um, and just not getting wound up about it. It'll be annoying. It'll be frustrating and and um, you know a bit upsetting, but. You know, it is what it is. You've got an injury. Um, you can either sit on it and dwell on it and cry about it for a, for a couple of months, or you know, you, you can have a couple of days where you're a bit emo and you accept it, um, and then you crack on. You get to work. You push. You, you get to work on the stuff that you can do, um, and you gradually get yourself back. And again, little goals day by day. Before I knew it, I was I was um, three months in. And uh, I could hold a freestanding handstand all longer than Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I just remember we did some strict handstand push-ups. Like I think it was like four or six months after you'd had your surgery, and you were, you were knocking you were knocking out more than what I was doing. I was thinking, what a joke this is! Handstand <laughs> <laughs> push-up for months. <laughs> I, I do I do remember actually on my short surgeries. It's like. You know, I'd, I'd seen, I hadn't, I hadn't had many injuries in my career. You know, the main thing was just a bit of like a, a back and a hip niggle. And that, that was mainly from football, um, which was carried through into CrossFit. That, the shoulder surgery for a couple of years ago was my main thing. And um, I remember thinking, oh, people go, they do rehab like two, three hours a day, rehab to get this better. And they probably did 10 minutes a day for the first two months. Probably didn't, I didn't even do that. Uh, some days I didn't do anything. And, but, the, but like just moving my arm around was, was enough you know I wasn't trying to push things faster than I felt that it could go um, you know there was a lot of time where I just didn't train because I didn't feel like um, I wanted to and mm. I, I don't think I wanted to train and it was whether it was my body just telling me it was, I gave my body more time and energy just to recover like it, it had surgery, you know, there'd been ligaments and whatever stitched together in here. And this fucking flies back again. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if I was then blasting my legs two or three hours a day, I'm taking away, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm adding stress to my body and, and I'm taking away what could be just recovery on, on the injury. Um, and I know it's, again, it's not an easy thing to, to take to tell someone who's got an injury just to, just to, just to not train. Um, or just you know, a class is not training, but the the things that I would was doing, just raising my arm up like this while I was watching TV, or you know, while I was cooking a piece of toast, you know, it's training because it was it was getting me towards my goals, but it wasn't doing anything that was, you know, going to set me back and prolong the process. I think if I'd re if I'd hit a setback about two or three months in, where you know something got really painful and I went back. And I think my motivation would have struggled, but I never put myself in that position where, um, you know, the injury was going to go backwards. Um, 
I think injury wise, I, I can't remember you, but you get the odd kind of um, back. Yeah, yeah. Little yeah, and and between us, to be honest, we've not actually had any injuries as such that we've kind of that's happened because of us, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've, we like you say the the odd issue with like your back and stuff, maybe if we didn't keep up with movement work or yeah. something like that. But other than that, we've we've done all right between us, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's luck, to be honest. No, think, it's not. You know, the stuff that the stuff that we go through when we're talking about, you know, um, you know, training habits and you know, mindset stuff. Um, it it all kind of adds up to making sure you're doing the right amount of training or training quality, or you know, when you're pushing hard, when we're not pushing hard. All those things are what contribute to injuries. Uh, especially in CrossFit, like you don't really find many just like, like in, like my shoulder surgery came about because I went to um, a Marines uh, base in Devon and I was videoing some documentary and and the Marine put my arm in an armbar and dislocated my shoulder. Like it had nothing to do with CrossFit. My shoulders were, my shoulders are, are now like probably the strongest area of area of my body compared to everywhere else um so there's no like pre-existing weakness there it just some man put me an armbar and just my shoulder like, there's, but you don't you, you don't get that in crossfit really you don't just get like random out of nowhere injuries like you might get in sports where you know i've had surgery my right ankle because someone came in and two-footed me because i was running too fast for him um, <laughs> And you know, in rugby, I think Jack, you, you brought your leg, didn't you, in playing rugby in school? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't break bones. You don't often. It's rare to see people break bones or get bad injuries from CrossFit. Everything is like um, repetitive injuries where they've kind of got bad movement patterns, and they've just put a volume on top of that bad movement pattern. It's got to a point where you know whatever it is a certain muscle group or certain ligaments certain tendons have just got they're just going through too much at that point um like it's injuries in crossfit are just from kind of neglecting yeah areas people not listening to the to the bodies really yeah not listen to bodies not listen to kind of that was me 100 percent definitely i've got both of my shoulders i've still got tendon pain still now that's why i'm not doing much but yeah it's uh I know for a fact that was me not listening and pushing and it was nothing nothing more than that. Just not a bad lifestyle, like not as in as in training too much volume. Yeah. And to be honest, I just ignored it. <laughs> I just carried on going. And it's think, actually yeah. to the point where now it's like I physically can't mentally keep doing it, if you know what I mean. Like my brain's just like, nah, you've got to address it before anything else. Yeah. yeah. I think it's 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 a hard one in CrossFit because, you know, there's going to be times in training, if you're going to compete, like, if you're going to compete to a decent level, you're going to have to put your body through t- training when there's majority of the time you shouldn't probably shouldn't train, but there's going to be times where you just train because you need to just keep, you know, you need to keep this volume or you need to um, put your body under a certain amount of fatigue for it to adapt. Um, and I'm saying this, this probably more so 
um, is for the semi-pro, pro, you know, the people that go in sanctionals or higher mm-hmm. type athlete. I don't think this is needed for people that are currently below that level. Um, but there's going to be points where, you know, my knee, my left knee was screamed at me for probably six months. Um, and there's times in that six months where I laid off, you know, tried, got it, got it feeling a bit better and, you know, got the pain away. And there's times when I was a couple of months before competition where I just have to deal with it um, and just crack on. And I'm saying it's not, it's not a healthy, it's not a healthy um, way to go about it, but the top of sport sometimes, there's got to be times where you just got to um, plow on and, and accept that you're in pain and deal with it when the competition or, or you know, when the competition is over. But I think the problem comes because they kind of see that message where athletes are just kind of, you know, they're, they're doing whatever they can to work around injuries, uh, but they're doing it all year. Whereas I didn't do it all year. I just do it when it did it when I need needed to. Like I had no choice but to go through it like a few months before competition. Um, and this is where the you know I give the gimmicks quite a lot, of, quite a bit of hassle. You know your your massage guns, your your floss bands, your foam rollers. Um, you know your little little gimmicks that you can spend a lot of money in your compexes and and the likes of those things. Um, probably shouldn't have name drop, uh, <laughs> but like these, these are all things like, yeah, they, they are effective, they probably have a good use, but at the right time, like, I, w- I would use, I have used a complex before, a red dot actually. Um, what power dot? Okay. I've, I've used one, and it was, it was on competition weekend because my shoulder was hanging off. It, you know, it was killing me. This was before I, guess I said I'd never had a shoulder issue, but I had a shoulder issue, killing me. I'd buy muscle-ups to do the next day, and I was in Cyprus, and if I won this competition, I won two grand, and I was sorted. So I was like, right, well, I'm going to get this, this power dart, whatever it's called, on my shoulder. And even if it's just um, a placebo effect, and it's gonna, I'm going to feel like it's got better, I'm going to do it, because... I want two grand. I want to win. Um, and, you know, I'd sit on a foam roller, it put a massage ball in there. I've never used, uh, rarely used one in my life before, but just using them at, at the the right time to to deal with you know the niggle and, and you know suppress that injury a little bit, but then not carrying on after the competition for the majority of the rest of the year, covering up that injury with some little electric shocks that really aren't gonna have yeah, any, yeah. any effect on the on the area that you're trying to treat like you need to then fix that and I think that's where that's how I managed to keep competing at those times when I was in pain you know after competition I'd fix things and be sensible and hope that then I'd be going into the next competition season in good in you know without too many niggles uh, but if the niggles did come and they couldn't afford to lay off then you know I wouldn't um, yeah. you, you, you're addressing the issue with that sort of stuff, aren't you, rather than addressing the problem, are you? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it it does come with experience, like, but we didn't really have anyone telling us, you know, but earlier on, like, look, you know, you're getting this pain because of the little, uh, you, 
you, back in the day, you might have gone to the foam roller and said, but, you know, take our advice. Like, there was that when I kind of started working at JST and we had, we had a massive off-season and it was probably the strongest I'd ever been, like, squatting-wise, weightlifting-wise. But my knees, every single day, were just doing bits. And I didn't kind of know what, you know, how to address it. I just thought, you know, it's just just kind of one of them things where you know kind of later on I found that my body doesn't react as well to intensity so that's when I choose now if I was you know following the program um like up to the open I choose like the lower intensities most of the time um but kind of back from that as well uh like my movement work I wasn't doing any movement work really at all at that point um and stability is obviously the big thing for me and that by addressing that problem now and then doing like the squats that I'm doing now, which my goal at the moment is like Steve said before, squat 220, like my knees haven't felt this good <laughs> for years and I'm squatting five times a week, like heavy. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. keep it. My goal at the moment is to squat 220 and just kind of keep healthy, keep a decent aerobic base um, and my, my training sessions you know kind of outside in the garden are no longer than an hour it didn't take you know it didn't take an hour to squat and do a little bit of accessory work so yeah. I think whatever with everything that we say motivation always comes back to the same thing doesn't it whatever what they're all just things based around the same sort of things you've been speaking about you know like making goals goals within goals and that's regardless of whether it's keep motivated for training, competition, injuries, lifestyle. It's it's all the same, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we we always go off track a little bit in our podcast, but hopefully there's there's enough in there really for people to understand what we're trying to get across with the motivation, and especially for the guys on the program, isn't it? Obviously, we've read a few messages that. Um, some people just lacking a bit of motivation, so we wanted to get something out there, especially for you guys. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the main thing we started the, the podcast really, wasn't it? It's because we know mm. it's hard to, you know, we've got different platforms, we're getting information across. We've got the newsletter. If you're not on the newsletter, then um, there's your email address and sign you up. Where we give out information, and we've given out information like this for three years. Um, you know, not everyone checks an email. Um, we've got Instagram through Facebook we're putting out posts but you know not everyone can be bothered to sit there and write uh, and read a 200 word post um, we've got podcasts not everyone can be bothered to sit here and listen to us for an hour but at some point we're going to get the message across to the guys and, and that's what we do a lot in the programme with yourself Kyle your, your, mm. your role as one of the coaches on JST Compete is the interaction and communication and just you know answering questions and giving advice to the guys on the programme um, and with with Fran, who who um, who does this similar thing, but <clears throat> to the guys that join the program and just kind of gives them all the resources and all the information that we give out as as coaches. Um, and you know, and then obviously that the, once the fifty days is up, they, they progress on and, and you look after them. Yeah. Um, and and I think it was the last podcast. The main with JST compete. The main thing I wanted to achieve or still want to achieve is making sure that people have all the information 
resources, training content, like you know, the training plans, have have everything out there that's available to them. Um, because you know, in 2011 there wasn't, and there's quite a few times I learned the hard way, like opening your clean and jerk at 98% of your one RM after four minutes of shuttle runs and double unders. You know, no one told me that was a bad idea. <laughs> it ended up being a very expensive bad idea. I've learned from it and I'm stopping people. I'm hopefully it'll stop other people making those uh, <laughs> wrong mistakes. Um, but yeah, that's that's what we want to do is get get across as much information and advice and uh, um, give give people the tools to. Uh, uh, we'd like to hear some feedback for what people would like to for us to go over a little bit more. For if anyone's out there that's listening. Get, get us, hit us up with a few notes or even send us a me- message on Twitter. I've had a couple of guys that say and I've really listened to it. It's awesome. Um, but, you know, they might be something that they might actually, I'd like to hear what something, you know, a bit different from what we're thinking, if you like. Yeah. Um, we've got, we've got a if few you are listening up. and you want a, a topic or so, we, we can cover. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a few topics lined up or so, haven't we? I think we're going to delve into bit more programming uh on one of the next ones you know how how do we when me and jack sit down and, and write a program kind of like what's the thought process and how do we make a program for you know hundreds of people to follow um and kind of the system that we use for that um and we had we had one or two other uh topics as well that i can't remember top of my head. Yeah. but yeah we'll we plan to do these for foreseeable so we'll just keep uh I think one of them was from Bacon. He said accountability, which actually helps a lot to do with motivation. So maybe we can touch a bit more on that on the next one of the next ones. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, are we? How are we feeling now? And all good? Yeah, I think we've got <laughs> covered for what we think. We said we reckon this would be half an hour, but we've done another hour. Are we really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know. <laughs> oh well. Once you get into it, actually, it's because Steve talks so much. That's what it is. No, <laughs> but anyone that knows me, I don't talk that much. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Neither me nor you do, to be honest. No, we're not men of men of many words, really, are we? But... You know, give you a podcast and you're off. Get me on the screen. <laughs> give me, me time in front of the screen. Give me my phone. Yeah. Right, cool. Just because we've got plenty, we've got plenty of experience and, and uh, what we've done as as athletes and coaches, and we just want to get that across to the rest of the guys. Hey. So, yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, check us out on the YouTube channel, Spotify, and we'll see you on the next one. And give us a little share on your Instagram story, and we'll repost yeah. it. Give you this year. We'll help you. Shaky. You help us. Give us a few shares. You scratch awesome. our back and we'll scratch uh, your back. back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Toodaloo. See ya. See ya.